Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, welcome to Heal Squad All-Stars, where you get to hear from our top guests. Think of it as a cheat sheet to a better you. All of the best takeaways from the top experts in one show. This Heal Squad All-Stars episode centers on unleashing your inner power with amazing takeaways from lifestyle and yoga coach Koya Webb, the legendary Deepak Chopra, energy healer Cindy Dale, and spiritual teacher and best-selling author Mary Ann Williamson. Have your notebooks out and get ready to heal, my friends. This edition of Heal Squad All-Stars starts now. You found your way out and now you're helping others find their way out. And so I'm super excited for you to be here to help all of us. In fact, my husband woke up this morning feeling a little lost Mm. and I literally picked up your book and started reading to him. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And, And specifically the parts that I was reading was how living as a creator can get you out of kind of victimhood. He's not in victimhood, but I know that creativity gets him out of like ruts and out of sad places. And that was a really interesting thing. And we'll get to talking about that and how to be a creator to help yourself get out of it. And then never calling it failure. Um, I read that to him. How did the situation make me stronger? What can I learn from that experience? I think the more we improve, plant that in our brains and really kind of get comfortable with that, the better we're all going to feel because we're so hung up on failure. And I know he is, he's like, I feel so guilty about different things in my past. And I said, but you're not the same person, right? Right. You've grown you. The reason you feel bad now is because you see it through the eyes of your new self. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you didn't have that new self, you would never see it. Exactly. You'd actually probably be laughing or thinking it was funny Mm. if you were unkind to someone or you did something bad. No, you're seeing it through your new evolved grown eyes. So that's a good thing. Right. And that's all we're going to do our entire lives is grow and evolve. And just when you were reading like inspiration, inspiration, I was just like thinking like, wow, like 
that means people are seeing me in spirit because mm. I see inspiration as being in alignment with spirit. And yeah. you know, I talk about it in my book, like aligning the chakras, aligning with love. And, and being in spirit, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done wrong, how you've been hurt and harmed. But you can always choose to align with love. You can always choose to align with God. You can always choose to align with spirit and just come back. Just come back. Like we are at our core spiritual beings. And once we align with that, everything else we can just let go. Yeah. How do you do that though in that moment? It is a daily practice. <laughs> just what you did. So yeah. your what you did this morning was like you brought spirit in with a book, with affirmations, with reading something that was inspirational to you. Mm -hmm. So we can do it through other people. We can do it through singing, dancing. I have my playlist in the book. I you know, know. I saw. I was like, I got to create this. Yeah. Meditation, yoga, breath work, cycling. There's so many ways that you can bring yourself in alignment. And every person will have their own ways. Like we might have some in common. You might have some things you like. I might like something different. Every single person listening has that responsibility to find out what brings you joy. Because no matter who you are, bad things are going to happen. Yep. Different. Mentally, maybe spiritually, maybe maybe physically. Some of us, all of them. If you have a high call in your life, you're going to experience it all. Like, right? Isn't that so funny? Can you say that again? Because I don't think people realize. I mean... Yeah. The more you want to do in life, the more you step into your purpose, step into your mission, commit to shining full out. It's like you're going, you're saying, I want to go to the next level. I want to go to the next level. And it's like school. When you want to go to the next level, you get what? Tests. And I'm not saying the world is testing you. I'm just saying it just comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Because you, as you elevate and hold more space, you have to grow. You have to learn lessons you to break be able through. to. Exactly. Urgh. To hold that space. And so I always remind people, don't feel like there's ever going to be a point in your life where you don't have challenges. Because that is not real. You're always going to have to, it's part of the human experience, but you can always align with spirit. You can always realize you're going to get through it. This too shall pass and you're going to get stronger from it. And when you have that type of mindset, you don't let it bog. It still hurts. It doesn't mean yeah. it's not painful. It still hurts, but you don't let it take you out. Even if you rest, you recover, but you realize, all right, mm. this too shall pass. What, you know, that's why I named my company Get Loved Up. What do I need to do to get <laughs> loved up? Because sometimes yeah. you got to get loved up to get in alignment with that. It's not always, oh, I read something and I'm back. It's not always, I did yoga and now I'm good. It Sometimes, it especially if you've been having like, you know, it's just like microaggressions. When people do little things and over time it wears on you. When you're in toxic situations and work, when you're in toxic relationships, it didn't just happen one day. You've mm -hmm. been experiencing it over and over and over and you didn't say anything. So no, you're not just going to read one quote and all of a sudden those years of toxic abuse, they're not going to disappear. It's going to take lots of quotes, lots of massages, lots of yoga, lots of meditation to release that energy from your body. And we're all energetic beings. So what I like to teach people is that when you realize you're an energetic being and you learn what gives you energy and what takes your energy, you are empowered. Yes. And the more you put things into your life that pour into and give you energy, the happier you'll be, the healthier you'll be. The more you give energy to those things that take away your energy, it's going to take you down. You'll feel sad, angry, depressed, disconnected, not in alignment. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as you said 
earlier about how life is going to keep on giving us challenges. It's funny. Life's going to give you the challenges you need to see the things that you don't see probably about yourself and about like life. So for example, the first thing that popped into my head was I recently was praying (laughs) and I was like, Hey God, I think that's enough. (laughs) I think I'm done for a little while. Like, like I want to keep growing. Can, can, can we maybe like have them be like, littler lessons for a little while? Like, can we just maybe halt for a minute and like chill? Cause it's been a lot of learning and I'm really, really punched out. Yeah. And I realized that just in a quick split second, like, Oh, bitch needed to know she was strong. Mm. Cause I never knew I was strong. And I, and Kevin was like, you're so strong. And I'm like, and I would always say what I am really. And I think, you don't know. So someone's going to show you. Thank you, God. Just keeps giving <laughs> you all the things to make it so concrete, clear yeah. that you are stronger than like you could ever, ever imagine. And for someone who never owned her power, mm-hmm. unless it was for somebody else, for me, now I'm realizing kind of full circle like, oh, so then if you know you're super strong, maybe then you would own your power more. Mm. And that's really what I've been probably needing my whole life. Ashe, Ashe, Boom. Ashe. I love that. And you know, what I talk about in the book is like your solar plexus, like that's your power center. So not only would you just thinking, okay, I'm owning my power. Wearing colors like yellow. You have yellow all in your yeah. studio. That helps you stand in your power. So there are things you can do energetically to actually amplify that standing in your power, right? Mm. The same thing if you don't feel like you can speak, use your voice, which you don't have a problem with, but some people might be like, ah, I feel so timid. I can't say what I think. There are colors you can wear. There are rituals you can do to help you speak your truth, right? So one thing I like to do, especially when we're speaking, is first journaling, writing down what you feel. Because a lot of times we're not sharing what we really feel. We're keeping it inside. You Mm -hmm. know, when we have that lump in our throat, it means something. It means energetically you're blocked, right? And so what do you do to remove that block? Just again, it's different for everyone, but if you start journaling, you can start to feel like, oh, okay, I'm getting this out. Some people, it might be singing. You can sing to remove and express yourself. You can make videos, you can do chants, poetry, whatever type of expression. You can dance. But once you do it, you feel a release of energy. And then you try, okay, like, now let me speak. Some people yell just like, ah, just yell as loud as they can. And then they say what they have to say. So I suggest first journaling is my first go-to, um, singing any type of expression, and then trying to communicate your feelings either to the world or to someone you really love and trust. Mm, yeah. I love that. You know what I was realizing this morning? Because I was actually writing about toxic work environments and stuff mm-hmm. and how they manifest into illness in women, especially, right? And the reason why I think it manifests in women, especially, it was so interesting. I was kind of having a little breakthrough, which I've had many versions of this breakthrough, but then something else hit me this morning. So when we're young, now maybe the newer generations aren't dealing with this, but like my generation, your generation, all I heard growing up with my brother was he's different. It's a, he's a boy. It's Mm -hmm. different for boys. Right. Right. So he could stay out late. He could do whatever he wanted. They weren't afraid for him, but I had to be afraid. Mm -hmm. I had to be afraid because someone might hurt me or take advantage of me or kidnap me or do something bad. I had to be perfect. I had to be a good girl. I couldn't speak. Like you have to just be quiet and and good. Right. Like that's how they, and the perfectionism that's like ingrained in us as young girls. And then I realized, 
know, well, really, what's the difference as adults? Because that's how the adult thinking, the adult mind is. So when you go into the workplace as a woman and you watch your male counterparts be able to do whatever the fuck they want, Mm -hmm. right? Which is what I experienced. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted. They could literally be dicks all day long. And they were praised because they just, nobody would touch them because, I mean, God forbid you want to go up against him. He's tough. Mm-hmm. But God forbid we speak up and say we need something. We're divas. They instantly shut us down. Quiet, 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 quiet. Yeah. And then what happens? You get that lump in your throat that becomes thyroid disease. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so common because like you said, we're told, you know, be seen and not heard. And that is blocking our energy of expression which is who we are. Like we are vibrating at this high level at our highest and greatest vibration. We are speaking our truth. We're standing in our power. Like I can go through all the chakras. We feel safe and secure, but let's just go through what you just said. Cause I want to take us on this mm-hmm. journey through the chakras. The first thing you said is like, I don't feel safe. That's your root. Mm-hmm. So once your root is off, it affects your entire body. If we don't feel safe, we can't even functionally as our highest and greatest self because we don't feel safe. How do we get to feel safe when, for example, Mm -hmm. I'm at Tony Robbins seminar and one of the most powerful moments at his seminar was when he said, Hey guys, raise your hands. If you ever feel unsafe walking down the street and like five out of 15,000 people raise their hands. Women, how many of you feel unsafe walking down the street and every woman's hand goes up? Right. And you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Think about the energy that is ex- expand, like that we express every day, just living in fear, walking out the door. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just to go get gas, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in any kind of vulnerable position at any time because I'm scared, because I have been shown reasons to be scared. You, my friend, have gone through it yeah. on a whole other level mm-hmm. and from people you trusted, which will talk about at some point but we are also taught like i said as little girls to be scared of what's possible yeah so that's just something that's in us and for good reason unfortunately so how do we keep a balanced chakra when we're terrified and then again, terrified as as adult women, stand by, and then terrified as adult women to actually speak your truth and be honest, because then the way they counter you, and if you watched impeachment, you will see Monica Lewinsky getting completely bullied, completely manipulated, completely tortured for speaking her truth. Because exactly. they will lie. They will come at you. They will say anything to discredit you. Yeah. So now how are we supposed to be honest? My philosophy, <laughs> like seriously, you went there, so let's go there. Let's go, let's go there because this I'm just needs to be. Let's take off your sweater, girl. She's like, <laughs> what are we doing about this? Like seriously, my philosophy is fear is feedback. Fear is feedback to places we need to heal, mm. and not just one of us, but all Write of us. Write that down, damn. All of us, right? If all of the women in the room are afraid, that's where we need to heal. And it's not just a woman problem. It's not just a man problem. It's a us problem. Mm-hmm. We all got the problem. Yeah. You know, try woman, black woman, like fear, fear, fear on top of fear is anxiety, right? So once we see that, we have to do something about it. We can't just look at it and say, oh yeah, everyone's scared. Okay, next thing. Let's go into the next thing. No. Is there any way in this moment that you can feel less fear. 
what would make you feel less afraid? Maybe if you turn to your partner of the opposite sex and look at them in the eye and say, I love you. I see you. I love you. I see you. That simple exercise. In that moment at that conference, if he asked that question again, I bet half the women would feel more safe. If the male came to us and said, I see you, I, I love, love you. you. I see you. Yeah. Because they're understanding our position. Because we all want to feel love and seen. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid because people, if people don't see us, if they don't value us, if they don't love us, mm-hmm. then that's what we're afraid of. They will harm us. Yes. We're not usually, even though it happens. No, but I mean the generic fear too. Exactly. There's two of them. We're there talking two. two components here. And the fear first for one, our physical safety. Exactly. And then fear for our emotional safety right. and our like... Human so safety, one yeah. is real fear and one is imagined fear, right? So the real fear is if your child is running out in the middle of the street, that's real fear. If you don't catch them, if they don't see the car and the car doesn't see them, the real fear is that they might get hit, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's real, right? And the perceived fear is if when my kid runs away from me, if I don't like slam them down or give them a whooping and make them not run away from me, then when they run out in the street or when they do something, you see what I'm saying? So one is real at this moment, someone's in danger and I need to get them out of the danger. Mm -hmm. The other is like, I'm actually going to give you some fear right now so that you don't get yourself in trouble in the future because I'm scared right now. You see that? Both of the fears are still feedback to places where we need to grow. Because at the end of the day, things are going to happen. But if we live afraid of the things that are going to happen, we're actually bringing that trauma into the now. Mm, yeah. One. Yep. So now we're experiencing trauma twice. If something is going to happen, which I just said at the beginning, things are going to happen to us our whole entire yeah. life. Right? So why would I bring future trauma... <laughs> Yes. Into the now. Why do I want to bring it <laughs> Such here? a great point. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of 
snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. You know, I turned 76, Marianne, good health, but I do recognize that, you know, 76 is 76. So I was thinking, you know, what if I died tomorrow? I can tell you with certainty that half of my best friends wouldn't have time to come to the memorial because they have something else to do, even though they're very close to me, etc. And in one month, I would be a memory. In one year, even the memory would not be there. So why take everything so seriously? You're right. You're so right. And no matter how significant you are, you're the great Deepak Chopra. And you know that, but you also know the reality. Life moves on. People move on. Everyone's in their hamster wheel. Actually, yoga is the practice, the, the royal yoga or whatever, the complete set of yoga is the practice. It was written about a few thousand years ago by a great sage called Patanjali. And he wrote it just for this reason. He says, if you really prepare and bring the light in your life, you will alleviate not only your suffering, but you will help alleviate other people's suffering. And there's no greater privilege. Wow. So you're saying if you find the light and you live in the light, people will have an easier time later with your passing because they know that you 
weren't afraid, you weren't, you know, holding on all of that? Yes. And also while you're while you're in their presence, you will feel more peaceful as well. And that's what Patanjali says. This is in the presence of people living in the light. Other people feel peaceful. Not by what you say, not by what you do, but just by your presence. Your energy. Yeah. Um, the practice of being yourself. And I just wrote next to it. How do you do this? Stop comparing yourself to others. Don't depend on other people to validate you. That was a big one I've been working on. Set aside the criticism and judgments of others. Get beyond self-judgment. Accept who you are and appreciate what you have to offer. Give everyone the space to be themselves and assume that all people in their essence are whole. The last one I don't really fully understand, but I do want to fully understand how you practice being yourself. How do you really put this into action? You know, there's a quote by Walt Whitman. He says, I'm enough just as I am. I put that into practice every day by saying, thank you, God, for making me just as I am. That's it. Just as I am is enough. There's To have weaknesses, negativity is not to be flawed. It's to be complete. Uh, if you were totally positive all the time, actually, you'd be a Pollyanna. You'd be exasperating. It wouldn't be easy to live with you. It's not possible to be to be like that all the time. How do you, in a world where it's constant comparison, how do you start the process of not comparing yourself and not yeah. judging yourself? You know, I was reading that Denmark is the happiest country in the world. And when you look at the reasons why, one of the reasons is that as a nation, they don't compare um, themselves with each other. It's a society where apparently because it's homogenous and not everyone wants to be a billionaire, you know, they're, they're at peace because they don't compare it with each other, uh, themselves with each other. So this is, you know, these are all learned phenomena. They're learned social perceptions. We learn them when we are in, in um, our childhood because of our parental conditioning and our social conditioning. So it's difficult to break that barrier. But once you become aware, you find peace by not comparing yourself with each other because there's always somebody in the world who's going to have more money than you, who's more successful than you, who's in the eyes of society more attractive than you. doesn't matter who you are. In fact, people who are extremely successful in the limelight are, in my you know, evaluation, because I've observed them, the unhappiest people, they have to do something every day to attract attention to themselves. I don't want to name people now, but they're in the news all the time. You know, whether it's on Twitter or what's happening with, you know, all that's happening, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Such people are not happy. Yeah. They... Even though the world thinks, oh my God, this guy's a billionaire, but, you know, not happy. What is the assume that all people in their essence are whole? If you go beyond their trauma, there's a core of innocence and beauty in everyone. It's just that they've been traumatized. And trauma, what we call anger, is the memory of trauma. 
Anxiety is the anticipation of trauma again because you've had it in the past. Guilt and shame is directing it back to yourself. And the ultimate consequence of all this is depression. So, But this is because trauma. And if you understand that and you see that in their essence, deep within, they too have the light. And that makes it easier for you not to engage in acrimony or hostility or anger because you understand. You know, once you understand this clarity. Knowing it, if you're open like you are, and many really talented, creative people, uh, you know, are really sensitive. That's how they get to be creative. They take in what's going on around them and they, mm. they do something with it. They, they channel it into their work, into art, into teaching, into whatever it is they do. And the challenge is sometimes we don't know all that's coming in in the moment. Kind of hits us later, like you're saying, mm. before your coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that why they say to cloak yourself in white light before you go somewhere? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. They're saying, look, you can't deal with issues that are not your own. That's what I like to tell people is, Cindy, Maria, all of us can work on our own issues. We really can't fix other people's issues. And so one of the techniques people like to use is surrounding themselves in white light. That's sort of like a boundary that says, I don't want something coming in unless it suits me. My favorite activity is to center in my heart. We know from science that the actual physical heart generates more electrical activity, magnetic activity, EMF activity than the brain does. Wow. It creates the biggest field and science is showing if you hold a really positive sensation in your heart, I like to kind of hold it in the middle of my heart, but if I hold gratitude or joy or love or even self-appreciation is fine, then you're going to generate a field like that white light that's actually going to keep kind of the riffraff out also. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, am I now going to have to change it where I envision myself in a football field and I cover the whole football field? Because no. <laughs> <laughs> what about, work. Sydney, if I'm just doing right here, I got a proton over there. Uh, I need a I cover. <laughs> You know, you know what? We can't keep track of. I mean, I'm a mom. I can't keep track of my kids, <laughs> much less, you know, all these quantum particles. And there's so many of them. Uh, I mean, you can do the white light, but you don't want to envision it a football field away or gosh, knows halfway around the world. That's just way too much work. That's why I like to picture like a white light just generating from me. It's sort of like the sun. Ain't nothing going to get into the sun that's going to hurt the sun, right? Yeah. It's burned up in orbit. So think about your inner self, whatever you call it, your spirit, your true self as being fed by whatever you call your higher power or a, a beautiful light. And if you're generating, again, nothing that's supposed to get in is going to get in. I love that. Like our, su our sun force field, like pushing everything out. Yeah. And, and then you're giving good. good light to everybody. You're helping but you're not hurting yourself, mm -hmm. like we codependent people often do. And you're also sending good messages into the world about yourself. So you're giving people an invitation to meet you in a healthy way, in a loving way also. I love it. Um, you talk a lot about, um, you know, in the subtle body that 
well, the subtle body is devoted to the critical world of our invisible anatomy. We discussed this already, but so much of our healing actually occurs out here. Explain that because, you know, your first instinct is to say, no, 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 I have, you know, this kind of cancer. It's in this organ or it's in that organ. So explain how that works. Well, we have an entire anatomy that I do describe in that book, but honestly, various cultures around the world for thousands of years have worked with what's called the subtle anatomy rather than just the physical anatomy. It's great to know about the physical anatomy. There's three basic parts to our body. There's channels like blood vessels. There's centers, which are organs. There's fields. There's some super cool stuff if you Google that will show you the fields, the electrical fields, the EMF fields that your body gives off going all the way around you. So we know that we're physical in those ways, but the subtle body works very much the same way, Maria. We have energy centers in or around us. They're called the chakras. They can work with physical and subtle energy. We have channels of energy that move all kinds of stuff inside of us and out into the world. And then everything we are makes these fields of energy that go around and they carry the imprint of what's happening inside of us. So if you fix something in that field, think of yourself as just these fields of energy, fields of light, fields of sound. That's really all we are. And a little soul thrown in, right? So if you fix what's out there, it gets transferred back into not just these chakras, but the physical body, and it can shift what's in the physical body. I mean, years ago, long time ago, 15 years ago, there was research that this uh, researcher like took a piece of light, right? And he sent it into a chamber and it disappeared before it went in there. Now, that means that if we're working with subtle energies or these subtle fields, we can disappear a tumor. We could disappear a tumor before it even appears or we could help appear what we really need. So to me, this is like geek city. This is, wow, look at how powerful we are. So let's make use of that and do some good things for ourselves and other people. So how do we find our chakras and how do we start to, like, are we able to work within our own chakras to heal ourselves? Yes, you can, because they're yours. And I like to tell people, don't be scared of this part. A lot of people approach chakra work or intuition with this sort of trepidation, like I'm going to screw up. It's like, it's they're your chakras. <laughs> I mean, just, just kind of go in there with some matcha, you know, kind of like get to know these parts of you. And I think you don't even have to learn that much about the chakras to start figuring out how to work with chakras or how to work with the fields that they relate to outside of you. Like Google anything up. I don't care if you work with seven, there's seven in the body. I work with 12. Some of them are outside of the body. Learn three, learn seven, learn 12. I don't care. Learn the basics, learn where they are in relation to the body, what colors they are and the basics of what they do. So I'll give you an example. First chakra in the hips, right? It's red. It governs our manifesting, it governs our physicality, like if you're, and, and our adrenals. So if you're just adrenal fatigued, like who isn't? If you have a physical illness that you can't get over, hmm, that's first chakra. So focus on that part of your body, which is in the hips, 
you know, and just ask for good energy to start mm. filling you in. You don't have to know a lot to do a lot. I want you to explain the quote that we started with. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. How is that true? Well, from a spiritual or metaphysical perspective, we are so much more than the body. We are so much more than this little clump of dust. We are an ever-expansive being of love, connected at the deepest level to each other and to God, however we define God. Now, the ego mind is the belief that we're not. It's the belief. It's like, imagine the ocean, one wave thinking it's separate from every other wave. Now, if I'm just one little wave separate from every other wave in the ocean, how could I not be terrified that in any given moment, I might be annihilated by another bigger wave? I would be terrified of the ocean. However, that's just a belief that I'm separate because really there's no place where one wave stops and another starts. Now, imagine if the wave, instead of thinking of itself as separate, actually realized it's one with the entire ocean. I move, it moves. It moves, I move. I'm the whole power of the ocean. So the ego mind is the belief that I'm just a separate wave. And the ego mind, which is fostered by the body self, by all of the cultural conditioning, you are what you've done, you are your resume, you are other people's opinion of you. You are your mistakes as well as your successes. Even if you had a success, you might not be successful today. All those things that foster the idea of just me as me is terrifying. But the ego mind doesn't want me to give that up because that's the end of the ego mind. So we're more afraid of enlightenment, of realizing I'm, this this thing is so huge and we're all part of each other. That's actually more terrifying than this kind of perverse comfort zone. Anxiety in a way is a perverse comfort zone. It's our mental habit at this point. Mm. We need to cultivate the musculature of happiness and peace and harmony. And that only comes from cultivating forgiveness and love and compassion and all those things which are actually less almost in cultural vogue today. Hmm. So much is in cultural vogue that actually increases anxiety. There are many things that we all participate in, knowingly or unknowingly, both in our individual lives and in the larger culture, that inevitably create anxiety. So you can either thought, think those kinds of thoughts and be anxious, or think a very different kind of way, which at first is very scary, but then you realize that's all I had to do. <laughs> that's all I had to do was to realize you're me and we're only here to love each other. I mean, what's so hard? It's not hard. It's just so different. What's hard is getting over the resistance to doing it. There are universal spiritual themes in all the great religious and spiritual teachings, whether you are Jewish or Hindu or Christian or um, in AA or Muslim, or the mystical traditions of all the great religious teachings, Buddhism, all teach the same journey to the compassionate heart. Now, if you don't meditate in the morning or read some inspirational material in the morning or do something to center yourself in that different way of looking at the world, particularly in the morning when you're first downloading the input, that, that will dominate your day. If you go directly to the computer, directly to the newspaper, directly to your phone, directly to all of that that you were describing, 
then it will be very difficult to not be anxious by noon. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, it's just, it's no different than physical exercise. It's no different than doing yoga, no different than doing weight training. You are building a different kind of mental muscle. Just like with, with weight training, you are making your muscles strong so you can go out there. With spiritual muscles, you're training yourself to be still and silent and just listen to people and not be reactive and not think that you're smarter and not think that you're better and all those thoughts that we're just tempted into in this world. There's a line in The Course of Miracles that says, look at the crucifixion, but do not dwell on it. Mm. If you don't look at all at what's going on that's wrong in the world, then you're not in transcendence. You're Mm -hmm. just in denial. But if you look at it, like you just said, just enough that you know what's going on, just enough that you can be a conscious citizen and, and responsible participant in what's happening in your society. But like you said, if you allow it to eat up your 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 psyche, mm-hmm. the, 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 the bandwidth, the landscape of your mental and emotional uh, view of life, then you just get sucked into this terrible emotional nosedive that I think is a collective experience in our society today. I would love to hear, you know, how do you train yourself to be in that, in that mindset, right? And like, what, what do you do to get there? Well, can I add on that? Yes, you can. Because when you think about the collective karma, when you think about we are all the ocean, right? There's no there's no separation. We're all interconnected. And when fear is kind of the governing emotion, I think, in the sea, how do you step out of that and and allow love and and miracles to come? I still that's such a hard concept, I think, for everybody. I always hesitate at a moment like this because I don't want to sound like I'm promoting a book. But I, my first book, A Return to Love, is like the cliff notes of A Course in Miracles. The Course in Miracles is not a religion, but it is a psychological mind training in dismantling a thought system based on fear and accepting instead a thought system based on love. Now, it doesn't have a monopoly on truth. All the great religious and spiritual systems do that. But it is a specific psychological training. There are 365 days worth of meditation exercises. And every day you're either dismantling one thought system or building another. Like mine today was the hush of heaven holds my heart today. Mm. Very beautiful one. The hush of heaven holds my heart today. I just got the chills all the way down my body. That was beautiful. Oof. The gift that the the answer to that question is the things that you and I have already been talked about, been talking about in terms of building those psychological yeah. muscles. And there are so many pathways to doing it if, in fact, you want to do it. Now, when you ask about optimism, the crucifixion is followed by resurrection. The enslavement of the Israelites in in Egypt is followed ultimately by their Um, deliverance into the promised land. All the great religious stories are the same theme. We're born in love and then it gets really dark in here. Why? Because the mind goes in directions that are not loving as symbolized by the crucifixion of Jesus, as symbolized by the enslavement of the Israelites. But that is never the end of the story. God always sends a Moses resurrection. 
That's never the end of the story. And even if you know history, we had slavery in this country, but then we had abolition. We had the institutionalized suppression of women in this country, but then we had the women's suffragette movement and the passage of the 19th Amendment. We had segregation in this country, but then we had the civil rights movement. So there are so many ways to look at history as well as spiritual uh, information and data and stories and say, okay, it's our turn. This is not the first time. You know, sometimes people are acting these days like it's never been so bad. Actually, it has been. Actually, it has been. And we need to be very clear eyed about how bad it is in certain ways, whether it has to do with racial injustice or criminal injustice or economic injustice or the rise of authoritarianism. No, there's some really tough stuff out there. I'm not in any way pussyfooting around that. We don't want to pour pink paint over that. Once again, look at the crucifixion. Don't dwell on it. These are very this is very serious times. But at the same time, look to your ancestors, look to the great religious figures. They're all saying to us, love, open your heart, apply love, apply love, atone for your mistakes, make amends for where you got it wrong. And that has to do with whether it's your personal relationships or paying reparations, atone for where you got it wrong and the healing will begin. And it's going to take those symbolic three days. It's going to take those Mm. symbolic 40 years. But the universe, your life will catch up to the change in consciousness if you will make the change in consciousness and be willing to go forth and do those things. But if you just stay in victim or poor me or oh, all fucked, it's all over. American democracy is dead. This is, it's, uh, I mean, uh, I mean yeah, we can all go there. It's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not. Mm-mm. And you know what? I'll tell you something, Maria. There's a thing in Buddhism that I never used to understand that I understand now. When I was a younger woman, I read this book about Buddhism and it kept talking about whether or not you die happy. And I guess because I was young, I thought, That's not my where my focus is right now, whether I die happy. But the older I've gotten, the more I've come to understand. Because in the higher spiritual sense, what matters is not what you achieved, but what you were trying to achieve at the time of your death. There's a line in Judaism, there's an old rabbinical saying, you are not expected to complete the task, but neither are you permitted to abandon it. you you stay in the effort because it's your life. And if you're older, you stay in the effort, not only because it's your children's life and your grandchildren's life, but so that you can, when all this is over, say, yeah, I showed up. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menounos or mariamenounos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.